20th Sunday in Ordinary Time Prayer Psalm 34 I will bless the Lord at all times. His praise shall continually be in my mouth. My soul makes its boast in the Lord. Let the humble hear and be glad. Oh, magnify the Lord with me and let us exalt his name together. I sought the Lord, and he answered me, and delivered me from all my fears. Look to him, and be radiant, so your faces shall never be ashamed. This poor soul cried, and was heard by the Lord, and was saved from every trouble. Reading the Word First reading, Proverbs chapter 9 Wisdom has built her house. She has hewn her seven pillars. She has slaughtered her animals. She has mixed her wine. She has also set her table. She has sent out her seven girls. She calls from the highest places in the town. You that are simple, turn in here. To those without sense, she says, Come, eat of my bread, and drink of the wine I have mixed. Lay aside immaturity, and live, and walk in the way of insight. Second reading, Ephesians chapter 5. Be careful then how you live not as unwise people, but as wise, making the most of the time, because the days are evil. So do not be foolish, but understand what the will of the Lord is. Do not get drunk with the wine, for that is debauchery, but be filled with the Holy Spirit as you sing psalms and hymns and spiritual songs among yourselves, singing and making melody to the Lord in your hearts, giving thanks to God the Father at all times, and for everything in the name of our Lord Jesus Christ. Gospel, John chapter 6 Jesus said, I am the living bread that came down from heaven, Whoever eats of this bread will live forever, and the bread that I will give for the life of the world is my flesh. The Jews then disputed amongst themselves, saying, How can this man give us his flesh to eat? So Jesus said to them, Very truly, I tell you, unless you eat the flesh of the Son of Man, and drink his blood. You have no life in you. Those who eat my flesh and drink my blood have eternal life, and I will raise them up on the last day. For my flesh is true food, and my blood is true drink. Those who eat my flesh and drink my blood abide in me, and I in them. Just as the living Father sent me, 
and I live because of the Father. So whoever eats me will live because of me. This is the bread that came down from heaven, not like that which your ancestors ate and they died, but the one who eats this bread will live forever. Hearing the Word Receiving Divine Nourishment Last Sunday's liturgy identified the nourishment that brings believers eternal life. Today, this theme receives further elaboration, focusing on both the nature and the manner of reception of this divine nourishment. In the biblical literature, wisdom is not an intellectual or theoretical concept. In one sense, wisdom is the art of living well through obedience to and implementation of God's commandments. However, in numerous biblical texts, wisdom is personified as a woman, known as Lady Wisdom. This figure is no ordinary human being. She is a cosmic being, an associate of God, with many of God's own qualities and characteristics. She is also a cosmic architect who was present with God at creation and played an active role in bringing everything into order. Since God created the universe through her, wisdom knows exactly how the world should operate according to God's design. Therefore, to possess wisdom means to know God's mind, to live wisely means to live as God intended human beings to live. In today's reading, Lady Wisdom sets up a sumptuous banquet in her house, meat a luxury food in the ancient world, together with spiced wine, normally reserved for the aristocracy, are prepared. Wisdom's maid servants are sent out with invitations to the symbol to partake in this luxurious banquet. The scene is entirely symbolic. Lady Wisdom's house is the universe. The choices to food and drink symbolize sophisticated and exclusive knowledge of God and His ways. Those invited to the banquet need guidance and instruction because they are simple and ignorant. They do not know how to live well. This banquet and the consumption of wisdom's bread and wine symbolize reception and assimilation of wisdom's knowledge and her instructions for life. Those nourished by Lady Wisdom's grow, mature, and become capable of following God's ways. The metaphor of eating and drinking at Wisdom's banquet symbolizes absorption of the instruction offered by Lady Wisdom. By internalizing this instruction, making it part of one's very self, the person is equipped to understand and live by God's unique design. Continuing his discussion on Christian identity, the author of Ephesians provides further guidelines 
on how it shall be upheld faithfully and fruitfully. He also appeals to wisdom. The wise know how to conduct themselves amidst an evil world, which was the author's general perception of the Greek or Roman society. But who or what guides the wise? Some ancient societies practiced ritual drinking. Excessive consumption of alcohol was intended to induce a state of ecstasy and lead to contact with the supernatural world. In such a state, visions and divine instructions could be received. Paul denies that alcohol can facilitate such communication. Excessive drinking, no matter for what purposes, is simple debauchery. Prayer puts a person in contact with God. Hence, the other ages singing psalms, hymns, spiritual songs, and thanksgiving chants, all in the name of Jesus Christ. Such practices put the believer in contact with God. Above all, living wisely requires the presence of the Holy Spirit. The author uses the image of being filled with the Spirit. This image, related to nourishment, indicates the work of the Spirit inside a person. The Spirit-filled believer enters into union with God and Christ and is guided along the path of wisdom. Today's Gospel picks up where last Sunday's reading ended. It begins with the restatement of Jesus' affirmations. He is the bread of life. Eating of this bread leads to eternal life. The bread is the flesh offered for the life of the world. Many of the people who heard Jesus doubted the truthfulness of these claims and saw Jesus as an ordinary man. The conflict continues. Jesus' continuing insistence on the eating of his body, to which he adds, drinking of his blood, causes a great scandal. Taken literary, such ideas would have been abhorrent to most people, not only to the Jews. But Jesus' language is entirely symbolic, as he himself explains. Eating Jesus' flesh and drinking his blood means entering into a union with him on the deepest level possible. John describes this deep union through the word abide. Abiding implies not a mere association, but becoming one with another being. Jesus abides in the Father. He lives because of the Father. Abiding with Jesus who abides with the Father, establishes a direct connection between the believer and God. This in turn means that eternal life, which God alone possesses, can pass through Jesus to the believer. Jesus' logic in this argument is straightforward. A deep union with him through eating his body and drinking his blood is necessary because eternal life passes on from God to himself and through him 
to those who abide in him. Jesus channels God's eternal life to the believer. The phrase eating Jesus' flesh and drinking his blood is symbolic and metaphorical. There are two ways to understand this mysterious statement. First, it is a Eucharistic metaphor. In this sense, it means that those who unite themselves to Jesus through sharing of the Eucharistic meal enter into a deep union with him and are filled with the divine life that will last forever. Second, it is a metaphor for Jesus' sacrificial death on the cross. Earlier in the discourse, Jesus stated that the bread of life is his flesh given for the life of the world. These words unmistakably point to his cross. Similarly, the image of blood cannot be disassociated from Jesus' bloodshed during the Passion. The body and blood imagery shows Jesus as the sacrificial victim, the Paschal Lamb, whose death brings life and redemption. But what can eating and drinking mean in the context? In biblical language, to eat means making something a part of oneself. We can think of Ezekiel, who was given a scroll to eat before he could speak out the words inscribed on it. Ezekiel chapter 2. Biblically, eating leads to becoming like that which one consumes. Eating Jesus' flesh and drinking his blood means becoming like him in his self-sacrifice. In this sense, abiding in Jesus is not about a passive reception of his presence, but about living in the same manner as Jesus did. Offering oneself, one's own body and blood for the sake of others. To consume Jesus means to be and to act like Jesus in word and in deed. Today's liturgy at last gives specific indications of what reception of Jesus as the bread of life means and what are its effects. The book of Proverbs paves the way for this revelation by disclosing that God's wisdom is offered to all those willing to partake in it. Paul looks at the life of his community in a hostile world and teaches that to live wisely, they must maintain their union with God. This can be achieved through prayer and above all, by allowing the Spirit to work in their midst. Finally, John gives a profound explanation of what the difficult statements on consuming Jesus' body and blood mean. First, to eat Jesus' body and drink his blood implies the union with him in the Eucharist. Second, it means living a life of self-sacrifice imitating the way Jesus lived out his life on earth. The believer abides in Jesus through the Eucharist and love. These two are inseparable as the Eucharist empowers believers 
for the practice of sacrificial love. While love expresses the Eucharistic union with Jesus, but the final and ultimate fruit of consuming Jesus is eternal life. United with Jesus believers can look forward to such a future with confidence while expressing their gratitude with the words of the psalmist. I will bless the Lord at all times. His praise shall continually be in my mouth. Listening to the Word of God Today, as we continue reflecting on the theme of divine nourishment, we hear the call to be wise when making decisions that determine the course of our lives. We live in a world which continuously challenges our faith. In order to live according to that faith, we must be nourished by God's wisdom and the strength of Jesus. In today's readings, the liturgy provides us with insights which help to clear the confusion we often experience when dealing with a difficult and complex world. Jesus came into this world to enlighten our minds so that we might be able to distinguish right from wrong and good from bad. Jesus brought with him God's wisdom, which the first reading described as lady wisdom. Many think of Jesus as lady wisdom, incarnated in human form. To be wise as Christians means to follow the divine wisdom. That wisdom was already present in the revelation contained in the Old Testament and came to its full expression in Jesus. Therefore, we must be guided by Him and adhere to Him. When we are confronted with difficult choices and decisions, we must always make them in light of our faith and in line with our commitment to Jesus. The Catholic Church venerates martyrs as those who stood by their faith regardless of the consequences. The martyrs even faced death because they knew that it leads to life. Their strength was nourished and sustained by their faith and awareness that Jesus followed the same path. These martyrs serve as examples for us who might struggle to keep our faith when challenged by the temptation to compromise or even abandon it for easier and more attractive options. Our commitment can be maintained when we receive the nourishment from Jesus, the divine wisdom. This nourishment is his word and teaching, which guides and directs us through the complexities of our daily lives. The second type of nourishment 
we need to receive is Jesus himself present in the Eucharist. There is nothing that scares us more than death. Fear of death makes many of us look for security in gathering even more possessions, looking for ever new healing remedies for our bodies, or resorting to magic and divination. Yet Jesus assures us that those of us who are joined to him in the Eucharist will never taste eternal death. He is the bread of life who nourishes our soul for life beyond death. This means that even as our bodies waste away, nothing can destroy us and nothing can wrestle us from the loving arms of God extended to us through Jesus in the Eucharist. Receiving the divine nourishment is all about receiving Jesus. The passage from Ephesians suggests that such reception of Jesus becomes easier when we are part of a praying community which also sustains and nourishes our faith. But ultimately, it is our very own choice for or against Jesus that determines whether we are nourished by the divine wisdom or become empty, hungry, and lost. If the crocodile comes to tell you that there is war in the river, you must believe him. Action. Self-examination. When I am confronted with a choice or a decision, do I ever ask myself, what will Jesus do in this situation? Why or why not? To what extent is my life influenced by Jesus and his teaching? Am I nourished by him? Response to God. Every time I receive Jesus in the Eucharist, I will do so with utmost reverence and will spend some time in quiet prayer, making myself aware that my Savior has come into my heart. Response to your world Before making any significant decision, I will ask myself whether it is made according to my Christian faith and the teaching of Jesus. As a group, we will have a session reflecting on our behavior and practices during Eucharistic celebrations. Are we showing sufficient reverence and recognition that Jesus becomes present in our midst during the Mass? Dear Lord, you have offered yourself to me in the form of wisdom and bread to enlighten me and to nourish me in this life and beyond this life. 
May the wisdom from above and your presence in the Eucharist make me your faithful servant and follower. Amen.